Hello and welcome back to the GNT Hour with a special episode this week. It's the Triple G Hour. We have got a special guest with us, speaking, haven't we? We've got our namesake, our good friend, Mr. George Long. George, how are you doing today, my friend? Yeah, doing doing very, very well. Thank you. <laughs> we just wanted to get you on the podcast. We wanted to get you to talk about all things, because you've had quite a lot of life experience. We think that people might like to listen to. Also, obviously, being one of my mates from back in the day, we've got some good old stories. And then we also have gone out as a trio, haven't we? Well, not just a trio, because I feel like I'm being a bit harsh on the other members of the group that were there. But when the rugby was on, we went out last year, didn't we? And had a couple, uh, well, at least one good night out. That was a good time, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I'm. I missed most of the rugby, but um, you know, <laughs> we found a bar afterwards. So that's all that matters. I think you missed all of the rugby, uh, Longy. Yeah, whose choice was that? Rugby. I think it was yours, wasn't it, George? Yeah, I think it was actually. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be such an awkward episode because we're all called George. We're all going to call yeah. each other George or Big. It's going to be shocking. So um, everyone's oh, just so going to have to be I patient. Gil. <laughs> Do you want to introduce yourself by your name so people can know who they're listening to? So this talking right now is Gil. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, GT. I'm there we go. So hopefully the listeners at home have now got a good picture of the Zoom call. Because uh, we are on Zoom again this week. We have got all the long hair in the building. As people who know us will know, Long we are the long hair crew. We're all called George. We've all got long hair. Honestly, we're all spitting images <laughs> of each other. It is joke. Yeah, and we're not related, which is just weird. But it feels like we should be separated at birth. (laughs) Exactly. So maybe later on in the episode, we will let you in on the secrets of the living life with the long hair, which obviously all the girls will know about, but they want to know the insight from a from a guy's perspective. But I want to start off this week's episode, George. We're talking a bit about uni. Which one? <laughs> oh, no, already. <laughs> talking a bit about uni, because long I know you went to uni and it wasn't for you. So you decided that you were going to kind of seek greener pastures and you ended up going away and doing a ski season or doing a number of ski seasons. For at least one of them, me and me and Chaz came out and enjoyed with you. But what kind of what was that process like for you? Why did you not enjoy uni as much? Because I think a lot of people nowadays, I think, feel pressured to kind of go to uni, don't they? They feel pressured to carry on education when it might not be that necessary, I don't think. Yeah, I think it's, you know, for me, it was just a case of I wasn't enjoying the course. Um, didn't really get on with the course mates uh, that much. Uh, so that I didn't have that kind of uni vibe that I thought I was going to get when I, you know, when I signed up to go. Um, and then I went skiing, uh, took some time off uh, in like February, the, in the first year of uni, and then just never went back. And then uh, just worked over summer and thought, you know, I still want that experience when I'm young to go away from home and, you know, just get drunk and have fun and stuff. But it just wasn't wasn't university for me. No, 100%. I think that I almost I think you would I could say you got the kind of best of both of us because you got to visit all your mates at unis, but then you also got to kind of travel and see the world, which I know is something that you have done quite a lot of. Like, I know you've been to Nepal and you've like kind of lived abroad. I know you're a multilingual human being as well, which I'm very jealous of, you know, being able to. <laughs> communicate with those i say what one of the one of the funny stories of our time away so me and charles went out to austria and like obviously we've known gl most of our lives and then we're going on a night out and GL just busts out the German. And I mean, Chaz, although we obviously knew that he spoke it because you've kind of obviously got to speak it if you've been living over there for a few years and you're teaching like 
Austrian, German, kind of Dutch kids. I know a lot of them will speak English, but you've got to pick up another language. And just hearing George speak another language to people, it was just like mind blowing. I was just gobsmacked. Yeah, like um, you know, having the having the exams in German was obviously quite a challenge, uh, so I had to pick it up quite quick. But I do remember that night when I think we tried to order a taxi and couldn't quite get one. There was a bit of a language barrier, maybe. So we walked back um, in about minus fifteen through some fields and got a bit lost. Oh yeah, that was a that was a interesting night. So we obviously had done this like typical uh like Brit abroad thing of going out having a great evening having a lot of fun but we'd done it in a town over from where we were staying or it was it a couple maybe it was a couple of towns over but obviously Gio lived there so he kind of knew like the lay of the land type thing so we were like oh we'll be fine but then there was like some crazy snow blizzard going on so it meant that there was like no taxis out because either the roads were too dangerous or just like no one wanted to drive around in this like harsh conditions. So we couldn't get a taxi back from the club. And this was probably like, I'd say three or four in the morning, maybe, would you say, Gio? Yeah, four, four o'clock or later, I think uh, we'd been to a few bars. I think we were kicked out of one. You know, <laughs> something to do with yeah, and, yeah, and I was going to say, and it was neither of me or your fault why we got kicked out of certain bars. Yeah. But I'll leave that for another day. But um, yeah, so we got we uh, left this bar at four in the morning, and obviously nothing was open. It was kind of in the middle of nowhere. It was like a snow city, and while there were people obviously still in the bar, I imagine they either had like friends or like close transport, that kind of thing. But we we I think we went to a bus station first, and we were like, oh, we're going to wait for the bus because the bus gets here at like six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning, whatever. And then some for some reason well not for some reason Gio decided that obviously he knew the terrain like this was his this was his town it, we'd, we'd been invited over to his his city and he was like oh we just got to walk through this forest you know it's four o'clock in the morning it's kind of light because obviously there's snow around so it's not like pitch black but also it's not really like light enough for you to be able to see everything in our inebriated state had uh, decided that this was a great idea to walk through the uh the forest or whatever in some kind of direction towards where we thought we were going. I think we were going towards Schutdorf, I want to say, or maybe we were in Schutdorf. Yeah, Schutdorf. We were going, we were in Caprin and it's probably, uh, let's say an hour and a half walk in the daylight along the paths, like with no snow, you know, so it's, it's not too far, but it's, it's a bit of a, you know, still a bit of a walk. And we, we were in our, like, well, I say going out clothes and not really going out clothes. Cause you know where you're like out, skiing you don't really go out in like a t-shirt or anything but i think i was in like a t-shirt and jumper like a hoodie i had on i think gl had his maybe i think maybe he had like a jacket on but like we're not talking like ski gear or anything and as you can imagine in the snowy conditions i think Chaz also had like a jacket on maybe or a shirt on like yeah. we weren't we weren't wrapped up for the conditions and these this, these are the kind of stories that i think halfway through the walk when we kind of didn't really know where we were going <laughs> and i think GL maybe you know got his directions mixed up mixed up a tiny bit and we're we're walking around almost in circles <laughs> thinking hang on I think I've seen that tree before what's going on <laughs> in our state we were like these are the stories you read about of like young British travelers abroad like freeze to death because they just get lost on a walk back home or something just see your three faces on like a milk carton with like missing persons <laughs> on is what I'm expecting to come at the end of this <laughs> exactly. story no luckily enough we we stumbled across like a five-star resort 
It was like a big hotel in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> may I add. Like, yeah. it was just in the middle of a valley. It was like some hotel. And we saw, we see, so we saw the light. So we were like, oh, let's just walk towards that because even if it's like nothing, they can like call us or whatever. And may I add another level, another layer to this story that all of our phones had run out of battery. So none of us had any idea where we were. So we couldn't look up where we were. We couldn't, we couldn't Standard. call anyone for help. It was, yeah, I mean, it was, it was poor judgment. But we got to this hotel. We got to this spa. We walked into the lobby, which Gio actually refused to walk into the lobby because he, he maintained the whole time he wasn't lost. I know where I'm going. No, I, was I wasn't lost. It was I wasn't lost and I wasn't cold. Because it wasn't that cold. <laughs> obviously, it wasn't that cold. It was only snowing. Like, it wasn't that cold. Yeah. So, me and Chaz obviously go in this lobby and we're thinking, Jesus, thank God we found this place because I don't know where we were ended up. And by this point, as you can imagine, we'd somewhat sobered up because the reality of what was going on had hit us. And yeah, we um, asked the receptionist who was like, what, where have you come from? He had no idea. He was like, what's going on? And we were like, can we charge our phones and can you call us a taxi? He's like, yeah, sure, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, Where are you? And I don't know where we were, but it was like a 10, 15, 20 minute taxi from where, from this like hotel. And we'd been walking for like an hour and a half, two hours. So we'd gone in some, I don't even know the direction, but and I remember, I think I've got like a Snapchat memory saved on my phone of us getting back at like, seven eight in the morning and it was just like a screenshot of like long night almost died but we made it through in the end or something and yeah. then i think we we'd, probably, our... we'd probably walked about an hour and a half uh and where the spa was town spa it was probably only 15 minute walk if you walk there directly so i don't know how we managed to sort of Dust. get an extra hour in there walking around it was yeah it was was not the one <laughs> it was it was poor judgment but it's one of those things you can look back on now and think is a hilarious story but it could it could have gone wrong but it didn't so you know yeah. i mean how wrong could it have gone really like i think we probably would have been fine it wasn't like minus 30 or whatever it's probably like i reckon it's... it could have gone drastic yeah. <laughs> it could have it could have gone drastic you don't know what's in that forest first and foremost you're probably dealing with like 10 yeah, inch yeah, there was some bears and stuff she remembered long <laughs> Yeah, some some part of it kind of felt like a like a you're walking into like a fairy tale with all the snow on the trees, and especially when we walked in the loop like a couple of times, it was getting a bit, you know, it's a bit sketchy. <laughs> yeah, when we'd climbed this fence for the third time, I was thinking, hang on a second, does Gio know where he's going? What's going on? A ski season's definitely like something that I think British uh, teenagers are like known for doing, kind of thing, and it's some you live with people from like different places as well. So it wasn't just like people from Austria, it was people from like uh, Simon was from Denmark. Um, Denmark. Yeah. yeah. And then like there was like a few other nationalities and stuff. So it's like a cool way to meet all different cultures. Would you say that like you'd recommend people to go and do ski season? Suspect like would Austria or someone else? I know that obviously there's like loads of places you can go and do it. Yeah, 100%. Um, with Brexit and everything, if you still go and do the qualification abroad, uh, that won't affect your like right to to work in that country. Um, like the first year I was mm -hmm. there, I shared a house with thirty people, literally from all over Europe. Um, there was two English people there, and the rest were like Dutch or Danish or French German. Um, so yeah, it was it was you know it's definitely really really interesting. Have you been skiing GT? I imagine that you are a seasoned vet. Yeah, I've been skiing since I was about five six. Um, so yeah, I've always loved skiing. Um, I think my favorite place I went to was Calgary, like British Columbia. I think that was probably my favorite place to go only because the place had like this really good, like 
chili mussels that I just remember for some reason. It was it was unreal. It was unreal views. Um, but yeah, is there sort of like when you do like the ski seasons, do you have like a specific role that you have to do sort of with the chalets, or is it yeah. sort of well, how well, much was, ski time ski do you actually get? So I was skiing all day every day. Uh, teaching teaching kids mostly to be honest uh, in the first couple of years I was out there um, there's a couple of times you know where they sort of they're wearing this all-in-one uh, ski suit and they've sort of <laughs> gone to toilet in that ski suit they so have to you have to clean it all up um, oh, yeah, no. it's a, you know it's, uh, it's not a glam- <laughs> glamour um, there is <laughs> there's you know, there's definitely a dark side to it, but no, it's um, it's you know, it's uh, yeah, I was a skiing, skiing instructor there, so luckily I was on the slopes every day. Um, you know, when you get a day off, you're normally too tired to sort of ski for yourself, which is a bit of a bit of a downer. But you know, it's uh, it was all good. What are your thoughts on sort of like snowboarders? Because obviously, a lot of people out there, if they do go skiing, yeah. it's either skiing or snowboarding, and obviously, there's a big rift between skiers and snowboarders so um, what are your thoughts to be honest you know i like snowboarders i, I snowboard myself so I, you know i can't can't complain it is a lot harder to stop and to to you know to look around you so yeah you know snowboarders are definitely they do think they're cooler than skiers that that is the that's you know that's a bit of a i will say from an impartial point of view i think snowboarding looks like cooler like if you're snowboarding it kind of looks more elegant like people like because you can like kind of naturally i don't know i just feel like it looks yeah more i mean you say elegant. more elegant because when i was teaching you to ski i'm oh, pretty mate. sure you just went oh no i can imagine this front flip so oh. i mean i get i get let's, why you think snowboarders might be more elegant because oh if, if gill is on the slopes i mean just just watch out <laughs> watch, watch out yeah right, let's let's not get it confused so me and gl off both of our first time skiing was uh like a year 10 yeah. ski trip um, so we went skiing yeah we went skiing drove obviously the standard like high school driving 24 hours to italy like horrendous decision but we t- so we drove to italy and that was the first time we'd skied and we both got moved up like from the beginners into the intermediates like on the first day which in hindsight was a good thing but obviously as you can imagine having not really skied before we were like this is very questionable but I remember, yeah, we, we both started skiing together. But then obviously George went off and got really good and like got qualified and that kind of thing. And I hadn't. So then my first time then skiing again, since I was 10 years old, like I think, I don't know if you can count like a couple of trips to like a snow dome in the UK, but I, I'm not counting that. And my first time skiing, GL, as an as an instructor, thought that the best thing for me to do straight away was to do a speed run where I could try and max out my speed. Now, let's be honest, I'm not the most elegant individual at the best of times, I'd say. So me trying to go as quick as I could down this speed run, I'll be honest, wasn't going quick, one, because I was panicking about stopping. And obviously, my panic was... Big old snowplow going on. Because I just went (laughs) right into the orange plastic, pinged over, ski popped off, Everything you can imagine. Everyone's probably looking like, what is this guy doing going down a speed run? GL and Chaz are creasing laughing because obviously I'm the last one to go because that's the best I did. Like, save the best till last. But yeah, honestly, that's that was my like first time skiing since I was basically like, what, like 14 in yeah. year 10 when I was like 19 out in Austria with GL. But it got slightly better than that. I wouldn't say it got much better than that because as you can imagine going, I think we were there for like three, four days and we went, out in the evening, got back at seven in the morning, went out at like eight or nine in the morning, 
the scheme wasn't the highest standard, but it was a real good time. And obviously, we'll need to do it again when life permits. Yeah, with GT this time. You know, I need another. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely buzzing to go out. But to, you talking about sort of one of your, um, like going on the school trips skiing. Um, one of the, because obviously you have like a meeting before you go to these trips, mm-hmm. right? And um, there was quite one year that um, I sort of went, there was quite a lot of new snowboarders. Like they'd never skied or snowboarded before, but they thought they'd try it out. So we're sitting there in the meeting and I'll never forget this. One of the mums, uh, hand shot up questions. She said, um, I hear you're talking a lot about like skiing and stuff like that, but um, where's the mountain for what? snowboarders? What? <laughs> <laughs> So I just I just looked at my mum and just went, she's really just asked whether there's a, a mountain separate to snowboarders because she didn't realise that they go down the same mountain. We go oh down the God. same mountain. So I was just like, right, this is how this trip is going uh, oh to pan out. Steering devastated. clear of that group where you always, were you all in one big group? Well, no. Luckily, I was sort of like the skiing and I think I was only like one of three, four maybe. And we'd all skied before. So we went straight off, sort of did our own thing really. Uh, but these were like a group of like novice snowboarders. And every time we just used to see them, because we'd go from like the black diamonds down into like the greens and the blues and stuff. And you just see them all flat on their asses, which was just hilarious. <laughs> You're thinking, thank God but, this, yeah. this geese is not in my group. I was like, thank God they're snowboarding. <laughs> but yeah. And I was like, where's the separate mountain, guys? So I want to take this conversation back to the UK. So uh, last year, I, can't, I think it was around sort of January, February last year before everything, you know, seized up we i remember going out the three of us including chaz but well for, for namesake of this the three of us so it's chaz i remember we went out and we watched the i think it was me you and chaz watching the rugby weren't we gt we were watching i think england wales yeah, england wales England, wales, the whole uh joe marla alan jones little little fondle and i'll be honest not the biggest rugby fan so that made i was like yeah cool whatever next well the looks that I was getting off you, Gil, mate, for absolutely smashing out God Save the Queen in <laughs> Jerusalem was just incredible. You were like, what is this person doing? Well, G- GT, the private school educated rugby boy, was obviously loving the rugby. And me and Chaz, you know, we were, we were there in spirit. I mean, when like England play, I think you kind of have that patriotism to like oh, yeah, I want to support them. But also, it was also a good excuse just to go out and get Bev, wasn't it? So we went out and we got Bev. Then GL joined us post-match <laughs> for the analysis. And then I remember us going on a delightful pub crawl, which was carnage. Yeah. GT. I don't know how GT, I, I want you to I want you to, to give me a little run-through. So we went to like a little sports venue in near Borough Market, I think it was. I can't remember exactly where. Yeah, it was kind of like the Guinness Village. Yeah, they sort of do yeah. one at Flatiron Square. Um, and it, yeah, they just basically put all the, the rugby games on. There's like an Irish section, English section, Scottish section, Welsh section. Um, yeah, and it was just... Do you remember those? Because um, we went underground, didn't we? For those like bar, those wings and yeah. stuff like that. So there's like food there and stuff. But we got there mega early, didn't have to pay entrance, which was fantastic. Got a good little spot. So yeah, they sort of do it, do it every year, the Guinness Village. But so... GL arrived and he arrived a bit later and then we like kind of we didn't know if we we're going to stay or go so then we ended up going out and we ended up finding a little pub around the corner didn't we now I think GL had been drinking a bit before and as you can imagine throughout the whole rugby game G 
GT, if, well, if you don't know GT, GT is a big drinker. So he was, he was putting it away, shall we say. And I was putting the Guinnesses away. Was sure. And I remember going to this little pub around the corner and I was sitting in the corner of this pub. Everyone's steaming, singing some good old rugby songs. I won't sing the exact song because I think we might turn off half the list. <laughs> <laughs> songs that were being sung. But it's not, it nothing too bad. They were just singing support for certain man, man in, in politics. But Oh, yeah, I remember that when you had your uh, your ridiculous views. Yeah. Okay, go. yeah. Let's Poor not view. let's not polarise any of our listeners, Big, and let's not polarise them. <laughs> no. I want to paint the little picture. The picture is, I'm sitting in between these two, and these two are both <laughs> steaming, and also are singing their hearts out in, like, some random pub around the corner from Guinness Square. Everyone's, like, not quite in there, but it is quite enough so that if you see people singing loudly, you're looking and thinking, what's going on? And I'm sitting in the middle just thinking, oh, dear, oh, dear. Me and Chaz are just, like, looking at each other thinking, what who have we brought out these children with? But I wanted to ask you, both GT and GL, I want you to give me some of your best nights out in London. I want to hear the juicy goss from you. Oh, oh both, I wish I'd recorded that. Both faces <laughs> both went, oh, big blown cheeks there. <laughs> Go on, GT, you start, man. I'll give you a few seconds um, if you want to. If you want to think about it. Come up with the stories. One of them was quite. One of them was quite recently, actually, because um, obviously I just moved last year in sort of like this nice countryside village. So I had um, no and my neighbour. Yeah. All right. Well, it has internet. I just don't have access to. Oh internet. dear. What mum's got the password? Uh, <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> um. So yeah. So we sort of went out to like this little village pub just around the corner. It was supposed to be like a quiet night. Um. You know, just drink a few beers, then we we're going to come home. Um, and then we decided to just get on the central line, go straight into uh, go straight into Oxford Circus, and uh, yeah, got home probably about seven in the morning. We couldn't get a train home, so we had to get the first train home. And it was supposed to be just like one of those quiet nights. So uh, that was quite, yeah, that was quite a hectic night. I remember a lot of arguing and shouting for no oh, apparent God. reason. But... Funny, funny that actually, because I remember the first, so the first time I met UGT. Um... I was a bit, you know, I was a bit annoyed that I sort of had to wait outside this uh, this venue whilst you were watching the rugby. Um, there wasn't too much left, so I didn't, you know, like I did miss all of it, but I only arrived sort of towards the end. And I remember thinking like, oh man, who, who's this guy? Who's this guy like, you know, chose this place where I'm not allowed to get into? <laughs> and then I was sort of getting all <laughs> yeah. in my head. And then <laughs> when you guys came out, I just looked at the size of you and I was like, oh God. Okay, you know, let's uh, let's just calm it down. He's, he's, a, he's a lot bigger than me. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't realise sort of, I didn't realise that they weren't letting you in because we'd got there so early. Obviously, we were just let in, so we, I yeah. didn't realise that. Obviously, you were waiting outside. Gil naturally didn't get yeah. informed because he never oh, does. Mate, yeah, I'm not happy with that. And, I and then we, <laughs> you didn't even tell me anything. So we get outside, and you're like, "Oh, that's all long," you know. And I'm thinking, "Oh, I feel so sorry because you're just standing there." <laughs> We're in here, and it was just it was shocking. Gil, mate, I blame you for GL's first impression. It's still getting edited out. No, I'm having this. G Gil's in the pub. The editing room, no, but it's genuine. To give context to this, Gio knew when the kickoff was, and he knew that we were in London, and he didn't turn up for kickoff. We turned up late, so I'm not having it. 
but agreed there was like so there was a capacity limit on the like venue we were at so like wasn't allowed in so it was waiting in the queue but yeah you know swiftly we left because I, I do remember getting texts from Gio thinking they're not letting me in I'm missing all the final bit of the game blah 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 and it was, it was blessing when we came out he was standing in the queue and it's probably like 10 deep in the queue at least so he wasn't getting in for a while <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a long it, old there queue. was a lot of people come and go as well and you know whilst I was waiting but you know, it's great to meet you, to be honest, GT. Like, it was, you know, we had a good night after that. I think, you know, I just remember just every two minutes we were up at the bar buying more drinks. It was, uh, it was pretty hectic. <laughs> but back, I couldn't agree more, back mate. Your, back right. to the London thing, GG. I mean, uh, I remember yeah. one one particular night where uh, we had gone out in Soho uh, to an underground bar. Uh, I think it was a day before, like, Notting Hill Carnival or something like that. Um it's oh no for anyone that can't see yeah. us Gil is like please do not mention this story please but this isn't his worst time there's a there's a lot there's a lot more times Gil's been bad than this but I do I do remember this one night where we uh we went out we were pretty you know pretty, we'd had a few um and you know we headed to this underground bar in Soho and then you know we're talking to these two girls they're a bit older than us probably about 10-15 years old than us at the time but they're attractive um, you know, and I was like, oh, you know, me and Chaz uh, wanted Gil to, you know, what's the word, like spread his wings a bit, like, you know, get out there and chat to some girls and, you know, maybe develop something. But <laughs> so we bought we bought a bottle of, um, oh, it's just some cheap Prosecco, but it was like 70 quid. Yeah. And obviously, you know, GG didn't have the guts to sort of uh, take it over to her. So Charlie ended up just walking around with the, with the bottle on the dark. Uh, <laughs> I'll let yes. you finish your story, then I'll get. So I was going to say, so we had, you know, we had work the next day, but <laughs> I turned, I turned up to work. I was five minutes late, but I turned up. Uh, the manager was sort of screaming. She was, you know, she didn't know what was going on. Um, she kept God. asking me where, 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 <laughs> you know, where Gil was, and I said, "Ah, oh, you know, I left late to him because I didn't actually go home that night." Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, con- for context, G- GL didn't go home. He basically, I think what, I think you did go home, but as in you went home to pick up your clothes to wear to work. So you literally got in at 7am and then went straight back out again. It was, uh, it was pretty disgusting. But, I, you know, I made it. I was five minutes late, but I was there uh, just after opening. This, so this, this was, <sighs> I reckon, what, 20, this might have been my first year of uni, maybe? Yeah, it's just, just before. before I went to uni. So, yeah, G G Gill was still making his way in life. G G Gill was a big boy at this time. He didn't have the biggest amount of confidence. And as you can imagine, when your mates are goading you on, they're doing one or two things. They're either goading you on to give you the confidence, or they're goading you on to take the mick. And I'll let you at home decide which one you think it was. But GL decided to buy the champagne whether it be for me or whether it be for himself i will i will leave it up in the air because as you've just worked out gl might have had ulterior motives that night because gl was also talking to a chica so maybe he was buying it for himself you know i don't want to say anything but i do distinctly remember when the bar's about to close at like four or five in the morning, just seeing Chaz walking around the dance floor with the bottle that had just been glued to his hand the whole time. Been empty for about two hours and he's walking around with it in his hand thinking he's got the ace of spades out. Honestly, it's like he's a bottle gun walking around. 
See, I don't really see you, Gil, as someone being that socially awkward. You're such a social butterfly. I know, honestly. It's like, it's like a drastic It's one change. of those things, isn't it, that when you kind of start, undergo some kind of like, transformation, so I lost like a bunch of weight and like this segues us on to the next topic of growing out my hair and I feel like I just kind of, I don't know, grew into myself a bit more. But yeah, at that time, honestly, bit of a bit of an awkward, especially in that environment at that time in the morning. Because I think I probably wasn't, I mean, not probably, I definitely wasn't as drunk as Gio or Chaz was because as me and Gio both know, Chaz is an absolute mess when he's drunk. Getting back to the topic yeah. I was talking about, both of, or all three Georges here, we all have beautiful manes. I would say before we started recording this, we were comparing the sizes of comparing our overseas. <laughs> oh. Comparing sizes. <laughs> but how how have you found going out your hair? I know obviously we all got similar length hair. What was the process? Why did you do it? How's the luck been with the ladies since? Is there kind of any positive correlation for you both? Let GL take this one. <laughs> I took the first one last. I think it's interesting, isn't it? So long hair was something that like we've me and you Joe, I'd both spoken about like wanting to like have long hair but not wanting to go through the process of like yeah, growing yeah. it out because obviously there was just like a horrendous long like phase of it being yeah. awful and I know some would still argue now that it's probably still awful you know whatever you're entitled to your opinion but like growing it out is just the longest thing and so luckily for me I was at uni and I was like I basically made the decision in my head I was like I want to like not cut my hair until I've like lost this amount of weight or whatever because like as everyone knows in year two of uni your lifestyle is an interesting one you're eating horrendous food and you're going out all the time and you're but balloons to a big boy so i was like i'm just gonna cut i'm gonna not cut my hair until this point and then it kind of got to the point where like it was around my shoulders and i was quite liking it and i was feeling it like having it long curling it over that type thing and like obviously there was a positive correlation because i like i'd lost a bunch of weight got a bit more confident and then like have my longer hair but what about for you boys? I mean, it's something that takes a bit of maintenance as well. It takes getting used to, doesn't it? Having this. Yeah. I mean, we were just talking about like going on runs and stuff and having to tie it up like four or five times while you're running, nightmare decisions. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's any form of exercise, isn't it? You know, even like horizontal stuff, it still can get in the, get in the way of it. But, um, oh. you know, back, back to what you were saying earlier, it's definitely a, it was like a turning point for me uh, with, a, with a confidence thing. Uh, the second yeah. I sort of felt comfortable enough going through that period to grow it out, I was like, you know what, like, I've got a bit about me. I'm, you know, I'm a lot more happier within myself to to be able to go and to go and try it and to go through that phase where it's a bit, you know, a bit in the middle. Um, you know, and you were saying like, because obviously uni was your sort of turning point, Gil, where you, you know, mm-hmm. where you sort of got a lot more confident. Um so GT, you know, what was what was the reason for you growing yours out? Was it a similar thing? Of I just guess I really wanted a change because I sort of went. I always sort of had my hair exactly the same all throughout my life. Really, I sort of when I was really young, I sort of went for like a shoulder length type hairstyle. Um, I did try and experiment, but then um, I was just like, oh, do you know what? I'm sick of getting it cut. Um, and because I've broken my nose quite a few times, so my nose yeah, is massively tell. long. <laughs> it's, yeah, like it's huge. Big schnoz. But so in proportion to you, yeah, a six I, foot four human, it doesn't look as out of proportion. But when I used to have short hair, everything was kind of like that. So it was, you know, it just was a massive statement. Like you saw my nose before you saw me walking through a door. <laughs> That's how bad it was. 
So I just thought, oh, do you know what? I'll sort of, I've always sort of tinkered sort of with like long hair. And I just thought, oh, do you know what? I'll just, I'll just grow it. And then obviously like you guys went through the awkward like mid stage where it wasn't yeah. long and it wasn't short. And I was just, and my mum was like, look, just keep going with it. You know, you'll get it. But I've probably been growing my hair now, oh, about maybe five, six years. I think I've had mine, I've had mine quite fairly long. Um, but yeah, I always get sort of, you know, sort of in my mind, I'm sort of like, oh, do you know what? I'm sick of it now. I want to get it cut, especially in the summer because it's so heavy and sort of like thick that it just, you know, it's kind of like, oh, it's, it's time to get it cut. And then I've always sort of gone, I don't want to get it cut because then I've got to do the whole process of cutting it, um, yeah. growing it again. And then sort of if it doesn't look right, I don't sort of yeah. want to mess it up. But yeah, ma- maintenance is an awful thing as well. Like I've gone through more conditioner in my life in, in these past, I don't know, five years and I yeah. have in my I remember, life. I didn't know condition yeah. was a thing. I, I was in, uh, so I was in Miami um, last year, the year before. I was just swimming every day and having having long hair was just such a drag. So I just sort of took the drastic action to get some kitchen scissors and just like cut it all off, probably like six or seven inches off. Um, and it was horrendous. It looked so bad, but I had done it myself. So you know, there's <laughs> not too many complaints there. Um, who'd have thought? Yeah, who'd, who'd have thought? thought you know, I can do a lot of things. Hairdresser, it's not one of them. First, nice you, I've got a question for for GT here. Um, you know, obviously, we were talking about running earlier. Have you ever been uh, wolf whistled or like mistaken for for a girl when you when you've gone on a run? Um, no, that sort of never sort of uh, been a problem for me. I guess because of my height, people know that sort of uh, it's yeah. unlikely that you've got like a manly, you know, you're, you're pretty, pretty masculine. Yeah. I've sort of got manly, you know, more masculine features than some, you know, I think my height sort of does me well, but no, never been wolf, wolf whistle. What about yourself? Yeah. The broad shoulders. Yeah. You know, like you've got, you know, you're, 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 you're a big guy. I mean, I, I haven't personally, but you know, Gil, what about you? Have you, have you sort of had any, had any problems? I cannot believe this. Honestly, like a kipper. Well, like, so we were talking, we had, I had my hair down earlier on the chat when we were comparing the lengths. I'm telling the boys, I said, the other day I was on a run and I had my hair down because I tied it up when it was like bashing on the back of my head. You both know that when your hair's not tied up properly and it's, winding you up you like want to rip it out so i took the hairband out my hair's down i'm running obviously i've just g girls obviously just got that peachy backside <laughs> that had the sh- tight shorts on so i'm running and some i don't know somebody i'm not gonna assume anything but White somebody band, is giving it the wolf whistle out the and i'm like what? Hang on a second. G Girl's rest up run was floating. <laughs> Honestly, big confidence boost. I don't care. <laughs> but yes, I have been wolf whistled at on a run. Whatever. I've also been, I've also, here go, here's another one for you boys. I've been mistaken for a girl from behind as well. When, when I was with, when I was at, at Chaz's in Bath, we'd gone to the pub, yeah, and I'm like perched up by a, um, by pool table, but as and I had I had my pink hoodie on, and I like had it, and I and obviously I had my hair done up, and the guy only saw me from behind, and he's like, "Oh, sorry, darling, can I get past?" I turned around, he went, "Oh, sorry, geese." Like, no, <laughs> and everyone, Chaz, Chaz was there, his girlfriend was there, his mum and dad were there. I'm standing there thinking, "Oh no," 
But yeah, so that there's two, more than one yeah. occasion. There's only a few times in my life where I've been like sick from alcohol. Like usually I can have it. Hang on a minute. No, 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 no. GL has gone absolutely ballistic. He's not believing an absolute word that Gil is, is chatting right now. So let's let's have the story straight. Gil. If you're going to tell it, let's have it straight for the listeners. <laughs> now it's um you know there's 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 not a handful of times it is it's it's a lot of times where gg has been worse nah. aware. but luckily we have a mate no sick so, i'm talking about being right, sick, i think though. because we've got a mate who is so much worse than you gg um you kind of go under the radar a bit but you know i mean come on like you know it's been it's been a fair few times one well i mean this is rich coming from you george because you are the worst like let's not get it twisted i can make you sick from just saying words to you so i'm not gonna have that because but but Gio handles it better because he does the tactical chunder he like he'll go for a tactical one and then keep drinking i I cannot do like if i'm being sick but if i'm being sick like best believe it's the end of my night because i'm I'm in a state. At yeah, that I mean, I just I remember but, this brilliant video where you've just got sick all over your bed, GG. Um, you, you know, I was oh, there with your brother. Was my man. I was, it was your your brother filmed you in your bed and kill. Oh, that was yeah, that was probably one of the worst I've been from. I was just I don't even know honestly. That was horrendous. That was the last night out at uni, and as you can imagine, all the boys came and. G Gill went off very early, very early, and then he was nowhere to be seen. And then, like, I think I remember all the boys having to break back. Tangent, okay, G Gill may or may, or may not be good at handling alcohol. We'll leave it up to everyone else to decide. I, I, so I went to do Camp America and, like, travelled around the States after I'd finished uni. GT, you obviously have done it, like, while you've been, like, studying or, like, before studying kind of thing. I don't know. I feel like I've always wanted to travel. And for me, Camp America was one of those things that you can do for not too much money. And then you can meet people out there and you can kind of go traveling. You can experience a way of life for quite cheap because you don't really have to have like a skill set to do it. Whereas obviously you were a skiing instructor. You had those like background skills or what have you. Doing that is kind of like anyone can do it almost. So, yeah, I think like living abroad is something I've always wanted to do anyway. I've always said to myself, I said to GT earlier, like, I could see myself living somewhere that's hot 24-7. I could see myself in the States. I could see myself, you know, living abroad. I just think it's so important to see how other people live. And it just, like, it's all all range of things, like, makes you more empathetic, kind of makes you understand it's different, like, way of life in different places, makes you just more well-rounded, I'd say. Yeah, I guess sort of along the same lines, really. It's just sort of, you know... The fact that you can you have the opportunity to see the world, I think, is you know an experience that everyone should take, whether it's for a week, you know, uh, six months, a year, two years, or whatever. I think it's really important to understand different cultures and sort of different ways of life because you can take those little bits from those different ways of life and incorporate them sort of into your own life. But I did Camp America off of one of my friends at university. He'd done it um, before. And my family members, so my mum and one of her brothers, they did Camp America way back in the, like when it first started. Well, not when it first started, but sort of in like the 80s and 90s. Um, And I've always sort of loved America, Mm -hmm. you know, always wanted to sort of live out there like you, Gil, sort of, you know, on the West Coast, you know, would be something ideal. So I thought it would just be a great opportunity, you know, hang out in the States, get nice weather, meet new people. Um, Some of them that I, you know, from my first year, I still keep in contact with. So, it was nice to just sort of meet people and sort of understand 
you know, other ways of living out in, out in America. And then obviously off the back of that, a year sort of university in America. So it sort of opened up a, uh, yeah, a whole lot of avenues for me. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I think it's good. Because um, one thing I thought is if I'd taken a gap year, could, you know, could I have kind of had all my experiences in them? But definitely from what you're saying, it's the same sort of thing that I have felt now. You can't just do everything in one year. You do, you know, you do kind of need the the chance to be able to go back a few times, regardless of what it is. There's definitely a draw to, you know, experiencing that different kind of lifestyle, whether it's, you know, in the mountains in Austria or, you know, in America. And it, it, there's something to it that just, oh, I don't know what the word is. It's just like... It I'm gives just, you sort of like a zest for your own life, I think. Yeah. It sort of makes you think, oh, you know, my life's great, but look how great it greater it is having had these experiences. But like you, GL, sort of, I always thought, oh, should I have had a gap year? Should I have got it all out of my system then? But then I think if you experience it all in that one year, you don't sort of understand or appreciate what you've visited, where you've visited, or what you've sort of seen. So I think spreading it out is definitely, uh, yeah, it's definitely the way to go. I think. Well, yeah, GL, you've like. I say you've experienced more than me in that you've done your time in like Asia, which is somewhere which I know both me and GT want to go. You've lived abroad in like Barcelona and obviously in Austria and stuff. So where for you is like somewhere that you've been that you think has like not changed you, but given you more of like a different perspective on life. To be honest, Nepal, um, I was teaching Buddhist, uh, Buddhist monks how to, how to speak English. So that was a complete culture shock. I was there with them praying in the morning. I'd have, you know, three meals a day with them um, to see how appreciative they were of like, you know, Western culture. It is it, really strange, you know, and it was definitely, um, definitely a really good experience. Um, that's sort of where I've definitely sort of felt the most, uh, it will see the most difference in like, you know, what I've, what I've grown up with and what other people grew up with. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I've been, been to quite a few con- different countries and spent a lot of time in them and you know it, I think the more you do the more it drives you to want to see more like I think you know you can sort of say oh I've been yeah. to this place I've been to this place I'm fed up of it now but you don't get that like you know I'm pretty sure it's similar with you in you know with you in the states like you might have seen a little bit but then it just draws you back to want to see more of it and I think the best thing you can do when you're young is travel. Like it doesn't matter where you go. I mean, I don't think there's many bad places to go traveling. Obviously, you're going to experience- yeah, there's a few bad places yeah. that no yeah. goes home. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously. But I'm saying if you're young and you're like a, a student or something and you're thinking, do I go to uni or do I go traveling for a year? Obviously I'm saying this in jest of everything going back to normal. But I, I just think that like, you just can't get anything better than seeing a different culture, like seeing how people live. What's the first place you'd like to go back to after lockdown ends or go to for the first time? I've always wanted to go to Fiji, Fiji, Australia, New Zealand. There's always, because I've done sort of, you know, America, I've done that. I can put that on the back burner. But I think for me, Australia, New Zealand, Fiji is, uh, yeah, is somewhere I'd love to go. Yeah, I hear that. I, I back that as well. But for me, we obviously, I, I planned to go back to America last summer and obviously that didn't happen. But afterwards, we planned to go kind of West Coast. So we're talking like San Fran, LA, Vegas, 
you know, see like the all the national parks and see kind of that side of America. And it's something that I did when I was younger, or like I'd been to like California when I've when I was young, but it's not something I've done now. So that's kind of top of my list at the moment. I don't know if that'll be the first place I go, just because obviously it's quite a expensive place and you don't know what's going on in America at the minute. But yeah, I think more more than anything, I want to just go somewhere that's going to be guaranteed sunshine so I can get a tan back. Cause yeah. oh, I'm I, can, I cannot believe oh, my how quick you got a tan last year. I know we did have good weather in the UK, but GG, you were unreal with your tan. It was incredible. Oh, I was working on it. Honestly, that fellow team <laughs> had me nice. I was out there reading my book. It was, I think everyone will remember the listeners at home, like around March time last year when everything kicked off, it was kind of 20 degrees most days. So I was on my sun lounger chilling. I was thinking this is great. And then obviously little did I know that in a year's time we'd be right where we started. But yeah, no, I want to get a tan. I want what where about what about you, G GL? Where are you planning on going oh, first? I have, I have not I haven't thought about it. I got I managed to get out to, to Greece last year, which was brilliant. Just the sun and you know the sun and the beaches and was open it was it was really really quiet mm-hmm. and it was just so much fun but... be fair i think yeah i oh, definitely one hope. but i think if you go on to like i don't know whether this is true or not but i've seen it if uh, a lot of people like a few of my friends they've done interrailing which is basically like a train through europe and stuff um and apparently they're giving away like free or like discounted tickets for you to do interrailing on certain journeys so that's something to look into as well. Yeah. Like if you're I, um, thinking. I did a road trip across Europe a few years ago with uh, Simon, got the ferry across to yeah. France. He had driven down from Denmark. Fortunately enough, he owned a chateau in France that we could stay at for a bit. I mean, you know, like it was, it was pretty good. Um, we, this was like October time <laughs> and we were, you know, it was still really, really hot. So it was just, it was just brilliant. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. we sort of made our way slowly slowly across to Austria, but um, there's so much in Europe that people don't necessarily think of. But think of how many cities there are in Europe that you haven't been to. And everyone is so different. Yeah, it's one of those places we don't... It's one of those places you don't really travel that much when you're British. Obviously, you go to, like, Spain or, like, typical, like, Portugal, those kind of places. But you don't really go into, like, France or... Well, not France. I guess that's a bad example. You don't really go into, like, Switzerland or Hungary. You go to kind of, like, you know, there's the main kind of airports and you'll fly to there and go within, like, a half hour, hour drive from the airport. But, like, there's so many more places that you can go to that, you, you know, that you just don't really think of. Do you think it's because it's right on our doorstep? We may sort of like take it for granted. Sort of, it's not really travelling because we can. It's easy access for us. I, yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, obviously, when you two went away to, you were both in in the states. That is something which seems completely different. Whereas Europe does kind of feel like a home away from home, if you know what I mean. It's a different language, but very mm-hmm. quite similar kind of uh, kind of experiences. GT, you know, I don't, I don't know what you do for work at the moment, but how, how have your experiences, uh, apart from university, how have your other experiences that you've done influenced what you're doing now? Um, it's a difficult one because obviously I started university, did a sports degree. Um, I'm now doing university, doing a law degree. So a lot has changed, and I think the influence of that was 
that there was no real career progression in sport and exercise science because it was either you play for or you work for a professional team, which is like in the 0.2% of people actually do it, or you work for the NHS and that wasn't really sort of my go-to. Yeah. Um, so I think sort of my life experiences were just sort of, you know, obviously doing camp was a great help um, and stuff like that. But I've always sort of, I guess I've always sort of been, you know, drawn to sort of like the more history uh, politics, law kind of aspects in life generally. So I think that always necessarily swayed me um, to that way. But yeah, I mean, I've been fortunate, you know, playing sport obviously my whole life was a big thing of doing yeah. sport and exercise science. But then finding out there's no real difference, you know, there's no real career in it for me was, um, yeah, well, let's go and find something that, you know, you can enjoy for a while. So obviously then doing Camp America was a, was a massive part of that. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Like thinking back and thinking especially when I was in college, you kind of don't know what jobs are. No. You think, you know, you think about doing a degree or doing this or that, and you think, oh, well, after I've done that, I'll be able to get this job. But until you actually sort of experience working, you see what jobs are available. Like, I don't know, Gil, like how you've experienced it. I know with your first job, you were doing like loads of stuff and it was like incredible um, since leaving university. But, there's definitely a lot different roles than what you than what well for, for me what I thought there were when I left college like I didn't realize there were these different types of jobs yeah I think sort of because I don't know about you but sort of when I was in sort of like sixth form going to university they do like a career day they do like an aptitude test to see what career you may be interested in but there's no sort of there's nothing after that there's no well you want to do x y and z degree or it's just right well there's a career that you could potentially be good at um and then there's nothing. And then it's right. Well, go and pick what you want to do for the rest of your life at 18. I mean, when you put it like that, it's ridiculous because, yeah. you know, I don't yeah. know what I want for breakfast in the morning, let alone what I want to do for the rest of my life till I'm 65, till I retire. Well, you still don't have a lot for breakfast in the it, morning. It, it depends. You know, ago. usually I'm porridge, maybe eggs, <laughs> egg, bacon, bagel. You know, it's it varies on the day. You know, If it's a nice day, I'm sort of thinking a light yeah. breakfast, you know, avocado on toast. <laughs> OK, so let's salmon. say let's say let's say you bring you bring a girl home what what's the breakfast you're cooking oh, for in the morning i think that great depends am i seeing this person again or am i not because that's a big difference you want to you want to see her again and in an well, ideal world i think it's got you again as well. i think it's got to be avocado toast smoked salmon isn't it i think it's i think that's, it's got to be that shout. i mean maybe Maybe scrambled eggs and, in, instead of the avocado but definitely you know like scrambled eggs and salmon I'm vegetarian, so I personally wouldn't have Well, it's a good problem. job. I'm not bringing you <laughs> home then, GL, isn't it? I'm not wolf whistle at you. Don't need to get confused. Oh, here we go, boys. Bring it full circle. Well, I think that brings us to an end this week. That has been... That's my favourite episode so far. I'll say it every week, but I'm saying it again. It's my favourite episode so far. If you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Um... Thank, Thank you so much, much for coming on, Thank GL. You for me. The I'm triple sure G. We're gonna get you one again. G. I mean, if you can't find one G spot, find the three of them. G. Am I right? Gil, <laughs> <laughs> you can edit that out, mate. No problems there. <laughs> no, you've got to keep that in. That was good. We'll keep that in. Um, we'll... We'll see. Yeah, thanks we'll for listening, see. guys. Appreciate it thanks all. GL, guys. thank you for coming on, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, we'll see you all next week.